0: If you've had one of those careers that switches from government to industry or vice versa, you've probably lived through more than one lapse in funding. A case in point is Richard Spires, the former chief information officer at Homeland Security and now the CEO of Learning Tree International. He joins me now with what it looks like with that unique federal market perspective. And Richard, this one is really starting to pinch. This is one of the longer ones, I guess. And first of all, let's talk about Learning Tree itself. What is it you're experiencing as a services provider?
1: Yeah, Tom. Within Learning Tree, we are starting to get affected. Of course, Learning Tree is more diversified, so only about uh, 25% of our business is uh, federal government. But uh, that being said, um, you know we do serve uh, quite a few uh, government agencies, and of course, those that have been affected by the shutdown. It is, uh, you know, this week's pretty um, uh, you know, not bad. First week back off of uh, uh, you know after the new year, but. Next week, I, I think we're going to start to, to feel an impact. In fact, a number of our courses that we run, what we call on-site, at government agencies have been, uh, if you will, postponed. I mean, we've been told that they they will run once they have funding again. But for now, um, we're having to uh, work with agencies, and we, we will reschedule those courses uh, once uh, they get their funding uh, back.
0: And for those courses, you don't use employee staff, you use freelancers?
1: Um, typically, yeah. We like to use instructors that have real world experience. Um, so we, we get instructors that are consulting in, in what they instruct in. And uh, that's been our model for a long time and it, it works well for us.
0: So in that um, case, you don't have a big payroll that you might have to lay off people that would be assigned to an agency like, say, a, you know an IT contractor.
1: In fact, uh, yeah, and, and, and talking to some of my colleagues in some of the more service oriented industries like you're referring to, um, professional services firms or, or you know systems integrators, you know I, I've heard of a couple that are are beginning to furlough people. Um, you know as you say, if they're working, let's say hundred percent for the state Department, um, you know some companies that made the decision they just need to furlough those people uh, for their you know uh, just because of their financials. So that is definitely beginning to happen across the industry.
0: And of course, you're one of the mucky mucks of the Industry Advisory Council, <laughs> which I know is, doesn't offer advice as a council, but you yeah. have a lot of colleagues from companies both very large and small. And so do you see a difference in the distribution of effects depending on company size at this point?
1: I, I don't know if I could make a comment about company size. I think it varies widely um, as to what's going on. I mean, I'll give you one example one of our clients, who is a, a large systems integrator, um, they're actually looking to, in this situation, um, rather than furlough people, they're going to actually send some of their uh, individuals to some of our public courses in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, if they're, you know, why don't you get some value for them if you're going to keep them on the payroll, have them have them learn something new. And so, for us, that's actually a good thing, correct? So. Uh, so I think it varies widely as to how companies are reacting. And, and clearly, some companies are affected a lot more by this than others. If you're just a DOD contractor, you're probably not affected at all at this point.
0: And I want to switch gears for a minute and talk about your federal career, because nobody can have a federal career of any length and not have a shutdown, at least maybe a few days or a couple <laughs> of hours in some cases, because yeah. you were at Homeland Security and you also had operational responsibility at IRS before that. And so I don't think – you may not have lived through one of the really long ones like 96 or 78, but – no. What kind of planning do you suspect has to happen in
1: agencies? Yeah, I mean, I've lived through a number of these. And, you know, I will say on the inside, at least when I was at, like, DHS, I mean, we took it very seriously. When there was even a whiff that there might be a shutdown, you know, we we kind of got the senior team um, really working this and identified, you know, what were the critical operations, what do we need to make sure of from an employee base that, that we continue to work, how are we going to handle that um, from the contractor side? What contractors would we absolutely need to, to still have on on board, if you will, working uh, to support our critical operations? So I, I think this is, I won't say it's routine, and it is too bad that it, it, it happens as often as it does, but I, I would say I was pretty impressed at the discipline that, that we used uh, when I was on the inside of government in working to help prepare for these kinds of shutdown scenarios.
0: We're speaking with Richard Spires. He's the CEO of Learning Tree International and former chief information officer at Homeland Security. And how did – and how do you suppose right now they are imagining the personnel situation of contractors? And what I mean is if certain people are bid and are used and are known to the agency to do work on behalf of the contractors, if those people for some reason have to go away because their company lays them off or they can't pay them anymore – and the contract starts up again when funding starts up how do you feel agencies might react when
1: well i mean that's that's a good point tom but i'm afraid you know when in our planning you know, it, it, it's just difficult right i mean if if you're non essential and and there's not a you, you can't make a justification just based on well i want joe smith to come back you, you it's it's difficult and i i think that's one of the um, costs that, that aren't calculated in this, right? The disruption to contracts, the disruption to projects in general. Um, I mean, you know, so you shut something down because it's not essential. And then the ramp-up time when you start back, it, it can be significant. And uh, these things are not factored in. I, I think that's the that's one of the real downsides of this, um, is that it really does hurt governments in many ways that well beyond the, quote, initial financial impact.
0: Yeah, I was going to follow up on that one, too, because you mentioned that there's a lot of planning and seriousness of purpose that goes in to anticipated lapses in funding. But the government is like a Ferris wheel. It takes some planning and some effort to slow it down to a stop, but it doesn't speed up right away either.
1: That's right. In fact, I, I found that we would lose a lot on the back end of these things, right? That you know, it wouldn't be that everybody just showed up the next day when all of a sudden funding was was reinstated and we were we were we didn't lose a beat. So, I, I, again, it's um, I, I think it's one of those things that I wish our politics were and I don't want to get into too much politics, but we're such that that these things were better understood by by those on the Hill and in the administration, because I think th- there's a lot of costs that you just don't see. Um, in, in lost productivity that goes well beyond the actual days that people aren't working.
0: And as a CEO, you are responsible to a board somewhere. And how do you explain to them, hey, well, 25 <laughs> well, percent of our business or a yeah. portion of 25 percent, the bottom just fell out?
1: Well, and I'll tell you, it was on the, the uh, earlier today, I was on uh, a call with my chairman. Uh, explaining exactly what the impacts are I mean we've we've run out the numbers for the last for the next two months as to what the initial impact could be uh, to us from those agencies that that are doing business with us and what it could mean uh, now there's a secondary effect for us as well which is much harder to understand which is if companies start furloughing or laying off employees and they were they were going to come to training with us, and now that doesn't happen. That's a secondary impact for us. So that's very, very hard for us to, to measure uh, or project at least. So um, certainly it's something we're, we're spending a lot of time and, and effort um, trying to, to work with our clients. Um, if they can't, you know, if they, they can't avail themselves of their services in the next few weeks, as I said, can we reschedule things uh, out? Um, our business is such that that's possible to do. So a lot of the times we won't lose the business, so to speak, but it'll just be deferred. It'll, be, it'll happen later in the quarter or in the, you know, a number of months from now.
0: Richard Spires, the CEO of Learning Tree International, is always great speaking with you.
1: Tom, always great to speak with you as well. Take we'll, care.
0: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here.